No crying. There's no crying in baseball. card counters at the blackjack table. We're going to turn the odds on the casino. What's up, friends? Welcome to episode number 28 of Terrace Talk here. And your Milwaukee Brewers are still in first place in the NL Central as we head into September, boys. How are we doing? Eight and a half games up on the Reds. Heading towards September, boys. Let's fucking go. Feeling real good, uh. We're embarking on a uh, touching the iceberg of Craig Timber here coming up. Uh, Brewers are playing some somewhat good ball. Um, kind of dropped two to the Twins, but uh, we're back. We've got a huge week this week. Um, I'm feeling good about it. Yeah, I mean, outside of the series loss to the Twins, which was like our first series loss in almost three weeks, um, there's some positive news coming. Sophia just actually released a report that um Escobar was on the field taking BP today they expect him to be back uh, potentially later this week uh, Adamas did a full workout today his quad is feeling fine they said he'll be in the lineup tomorrow and uh Freddie P is starting on Friday so the guys are starting to get healthy and uh it would be nice to have another good month in September and potentially get that one seed and and roll through the playoffs Oh yeah, dude. That's great to hear with Freddie coming back. That's breaking news to me. Even I, I, I figured after he threw a successful bullpen, they were kind of talking that he was going to throw this weekend. But it's good to hear that confirmed. And um, like you said, man, just get everyone healthy for this stretch run. Like I saw today, they're going to sit Willie today. They expect to be back in the lineup today, tomorrow. Like they're going to play some of these things slower um, because we have this lead and the luxury to kind of keep everyone healthy for the next month before playing the NLDS inevitably. I think, I think Freddie would still want to pitch even if his arm was snapped in half. <laughs> coach, I'm coach. I'm good. Yeah, man. He's, he's a gamer for sure. Um, yeah. You guys kind of alluded to it, but uh, Brewers with a three and three week, um, you know, can't really complain. You, you avoid, you know, something insane happening by going like, Oh, and six or some shit. Um, the Reds, they lose a couple series, one to us, one to the Marlins. Um, and, uh, you know, you, Mitch, you kind of told us this this morning, but I think it's time to, you know, we can, we can just cheer for the Reds because I think the division is pretty safe at this point. Yeah, that was kind of what I said. I mean, I don't know if I've been on this for, from the beginning. And, <clears throat> and to be honest, the more I watch San Diego, I, um, uh, not, I haven't been smart with uh, my gambling. I've been betting on San Diego quite a bit. And the more I bet on them, I watch them. And the more I'm like, San Diego is arguably the most overrated team in baseball, maybe outside of the Mets. 
Um, but it would just be nice to see the Reds uh, kind of steal a wild card spot. I don't know if you would consider it steal at this point since they've had it for the last week or so. Um, but then if, if San Fran, I feel like a broken record for, with this, but if San Fran could somehow hold up L.A. and then Luis Castillo could shove against L.A. and, you know, we could get that one seed and, and see the Reds in the NLDS, I feel like that would be uh, an ideal situation. Yeah. Yeah, man, that'd be that'd be perfect. I mean, avoiding the Dodgers at all costs as far as possible would probably be the uh, the best case scenario for the Brewers. Although that with that being said, I mean, it's not like, you know, you're completely scared facing them. It just it seems like your biggest competitor to get to the World Series at this point. Right. And it's, it's more so it's like I'm not one of those guys where it's like, hey, to, to be the best, to beat the best, fire me up, L.A. I still think that we would give them a full series and it would be very close with the way our pitching is. But if we're being realistic, if we could avoid seeing them at all and if we do see them, it's the NLCS, that would obviously be ideal. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, cool. Well, uh, as always, we'll start recapping the games and kind of talk about uh, Brewer storylines as we go. Um, and we'll start with the the game yesterday and kind of the post hype, um, you know, articles that Brewers Twitter has kind of seen today. Um, starting with uh, with Will Salmon and a Twitter thread that you just came across, but. Um, Aaron Ashby was the story of the game yesterday, man. He gets his uh, first career win, um, lowers his play to 3.95. Um, keep in mind, his uh, his first inning of MLB work, he gave up six earned runs, uh, maybe seven. Uh, I don't know. I think we were down 7-0. So he has recovered nicely, man. He throws five innings, only gives up a few hits. Um, you know, his only runs he gave up was a Miguel Sano home run, struck out four, only walked one. Sitting 94 97 with a nasty sinker um, and change up. And he looks, uh, he looks every bit of the part. And we can expect him on the postseason roster for sure at this point. Um, Mitch, I want you to, uh, you know, as while we're on it, um, we can kind of dive into Ashby, um, the, the Twitter thread you found, and maybe some commentary on what your thoughts were on his, uh, on his outing yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, before I kind of dive into some of the things that, you know, some of, uh, you know, a lot bigger baseball record guys uh, than me have, have talked about him, I want to say this, if you take away um, that kind of first start against Chicago, um, he's thrown about 12 innings so far in the second half of the year. Um, and has his ERA down to, I believe, a 2.2 about about a 2.2 with a uh 2.44 2.63 rather a 2.63 fib so yeah i mean his data is absolutely um proving kind of what we've we've talked about and what we hyped him about um but on twitter um he's a guy for driveline baseball and for those of you that don't know driveline baseball it's a analytical um baseball academy based out of uh seattle um predominantly they, you know, work on velocity and, and spin rate and things like that. Um, he compared them to a starter version of Zach Britton, uh, the way he throws his sinker or his fastball that has sink on it and is kind of like a high ground ball rate, high whiff guy, because typically those two don't go together. If you're a high ground ball rate guy, you don't have the whiffs. Um, they're very rare. Um, and Zach Britton's kind of the only one that came to his head. So that's where the comp came from. Um, and then he, he kind of ended the tweet with, 
what Milwaukee doing isn't fair. And I've been giggling for the last like hour and a half thinking about the fact that Ashby's only 23 and you add him going forward to a rotation that's headlined by Freddie Corbin and Woodruff. It's like, I never have felt bad for the league before because I've always felt like the Brewers have just, we've always been bad, but it's going to be honestly laughable next year watching the central try to compete when four of our five rotation pieces are legitimate aces. So um, Ashby hype is in full swing. Pray for the NL central. I mean, that's all I have to say about that. Four fucking four headed monster coming at you. You don't even, it's not like you get like that kind of down uh, arm and you're like, Oh, we might win today, but nope. Yeah. I mean, we kind of, uh, you know, we go over the rotation. You look at obviously the big three, Adrian Hauser, um, Brad Anderson's a free agent uh, with his injury history. I think this is probably his last year in Milwaukee. Um, and then you add EL as the uh, Eric Lauer as the swing man um, slash, if we want to go with the six man rotation to, you know, all these guys are relatively young. So um, yeah, it's uh, not often where a team can sit then, you know, first place in August um, going into September and then looking into next year, even really not have to sign a single free agent starter. Um, so it's pretty, pretty good feeling for the group right there. With Ethan Small on the way, who currently has a sub three ERA in AAA and is also a top prospect. And uh, one thing that I want to note, because I think it's very easy for all of us to get caught up in MLB pipeline rankings or, or some of those rankings. Um, we've kind of been on this for, from the beginning and I've seen some other people starting to talk about it, which I think is important. You should very much trust the development and the track record of an organization more so than you know, what a person's rated in a particular organization's pipeline, right? So for example, MLB came out with their updated midseason pipeline and Aaron Ashby was the ninth rated uh, brewer. And I can tell you right now that um, based upon what we're seeing from him and some of the early statistics and his velocity and his spin rate and the track record that the brewers have had with Corbin, Woodruff, um, and Freddie, you could probably have a really good hunch to think that Ashby is going to blow by being the ninth best prospect out of the groups that he is currently ranked with. So um, I think it's very easy to be excited about at not only Ashby, but pretty much all of our pitching prospect at this point, the way that our development track record has shown over the last four to five years. So um, yeah, it's, it's hard not to get excited. Yeah, man, with those top 100 lists, I mean, I would love to sit down and do this one of these days, and maybe I will just go through the top 100 and see just the percentage of them that were first or second round picks. Um, because like, even with the Brewers, I mean, they leave some of those guys on there. Like, I just know Corey Gray was rated way too high for way too long just because he was the number five pick of the draft. And you look at the top 100 guys that the Brewers have had the last couple years, and it's guys that even if they might be deserving their first round picks, it's our last three first round picks going Bryce Terrain, Garrett Mitchell, and Sal Freelich, who as I mean, he might deserve to be top 10 at this fucking rate. That guy hasn't got out since he, you know, got drafted from Boston college. Um, but you don't see like Edbert Perez or Aaron Ashby or Ethan small. Well, Ethan small was a top, pick, but you, you get the point is uh, I, I mean, like you said, trust the organization, um, trust the guys that follow the team day in and day out. 
Um, and I think uh, they'll have a lot different takes than uh, the national guys that, you know, they, they just don't have the bandwidth to follow every, every team that closely, really. Joey Weimer is another guy that was a later round pick and he's on pace to have a 25, 25 year. Um, you you yeah. mentioned some free lick and I will probably do it down. Just want to give uh, our. Sorry about that. Um, you know, us terrorist talk guys, we aren't the most. Uh, uh, tech advance. So uh, we have to start and stop our Zoom recording. So I'll pick back up on the, the Sal Freelich take, but um, he's almost at 100 minor league at bats now since we've drafted him and still has an on base percentage of 500 um, with an OPS well over 1,000. So um, the dude's just absolutely progressing at every level. Um, and it's a fair point that we probably can get into later when we discuss, you know, how great Avi's been this year. Um, but is Avi a Brewer next year, uh, especially with Sal and, and Mitchell seeming to fly through our minor league system so fast? Um, you know, it'll be interesting what they do with him. Yeah, that's a really good point. And like you said, we can maybe talk about that later on in the pod as well um, when we do down on the farm. But, uh, you know, last thing here with Ashby, like, Rowdy Telez had a couple good quotes. I'm not exactly uh, – I guess he had that big three-run uh, bomb yesterday, so they gave him the post-game interview, um, or at least uh, Will Salmon used his quotes uh, for his article today. But, um, you know, he basically said that Ashby showed the team that we need him, like whether it's a spot start in the rotation, whether it's on the bullpen, um, we're going to need a guy like that stretch run. So, um, you know, he's earned the respect of teammates. He's getting the pitcher. Uh, treatment on um, yeah so long story short I mean there's some there's some big time pitches yesterday too like 90 97 mile per hour sinker on Donaldson struck him out looking um, inside corner so uh, all in all very impressive from Ashby um, yeah and I just mentioned uh, Luis Urias got the uh, got the day going with the bats he had a monster home run to the second deck um, and then Rowdy Telez hit one in the third inning that went 455 feet. And I, I don't know, I don't watch that many games at Target Field, um, but I have never seen a ball go that far in that stadium to dead center. Um, so pretty impressive stuff there. Brewers did all their damage in the first four innings. JBJ had, had a couple of hard hit balls, including a double. Yelly continues to hit going two for four on Sunday. Colton Wong had a double. Even our guy Pablo Reyes got in the mix with a double on Sunday. So, uh, fellas, any big takeaways with the uh, with the bats? It was good to see them, you know, after a quiet uh, handful of days, you know, Friday, Saturday, Thursday even, um, come alive a little bit yesterday against uh, Griffin Jacks and the, the Twins. Yeah, I mean, just specifically with Christian, I feel like every game he's um... – like every game, it seems like he's getting more comfortable and more confident in himself. Um, I mean, he had a couple walks for this last week. He led the team in hits uh, since we last recorded with nine over the last week. Um, just his at-bats are just so much better, and he's not striking out nearly as much um, as he has been, and he's barreling those pitches that he's missing early on in the season. Um, I mean, all in all, Telez really needed that bomb. Um, he's kind of getting on my shit list and getting annoying. I think Hanson, you said in the group chat, <clears throat> I wasn't watching the game, but what'd you say? Like 
fuck rowdy or something like that or i hate rowdy or something like that and then he hit that bomb so that was not that was not me (laughs) someone said it but uh there's that terrorist talk 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 negatively about them then the guys perform so i mean good on good on you or good on whoever said that but um, jackie bradley jr has a good spurt of games although he had two hits yesterday so maybe that's a sign of things to come absolutely yeah, the one other point on Yelich, um, out of all of his batted balls this weekend, his average exit velocity, velocity was 101. Um, so that's obviously incredible. Yeah, it's big time. Yeah, and the guy who got it all going, Luis Urias, um, you know, this this is a take that we were on, um, you know, relatively early. I'm not going to declare us the first people on this take. Uh, but uh, Luis Urias and Trent Grisham's season's uh, look awfully similar to each other's right now. Um, so that's, that's been a take floating around. I know, uh, Mitch L you're tweeting pretty much every time either Eric Lauer or Luis Urias does something positive, um, that we won the trade talking shit about Preller. Um, so yeah, you got anything more on that? I think, uh, like you've, we've all said it before, man, in Stearns, you trust at this point, you just gotta, you just gotta give it time. And in the end, he most likely made the right decision. Right. At, at the end of the day, you just can't judge 23 and 24 year old guys after a, a season that is has five to six years of control. You just can't do it. And Luis has always had the top pres- top prospect uh, pedigree and he's starting to show it. I, I don't know if it was a dominance that sparked him. I don't know if he just needed, you know, at bats to make adjustments. Um, but it's evident that Urias is going to have a role on this team for quite some time going forward. Yeah, man. And his, uh, his OPS, I mean, if he has a monster month, um, he can get that thing close to 800. It's at 775 right now after that moonshot he hit yesterday. So even Yelly, his is, uh, him and Luis have basically the same OPS. Um, obviously, you know, We've, we've been hard on Yelich, especially early on in the year, you know, until the last month or so. Um, but it would be really nice for him to creep into the 800s here uh, as the season progresses uh, and comes to an end into October. Um, yeah. All right, I just want to add – let me add something quick. Um, I mean, I was listening to the, the Reds-Cardinals broadcast a little bit earlier, and um, the Cardinals had the second-best um, offense in baseball since the All-Star break. And uh, the Brewers are number one. So, I mean, in the beginning of the year, we were just hoping to be like middle of the pack um, or get it to the upper or the even like bottom third and we'd win with our pitching. But, I mean, I feel like this offense has kind of exceeded our expectations, um, especially with like Avi and Telez coming over and kind of surprised by Urias as well. There was one other thing I wanted to add to. We were talking a lot about OPS and from year to year, the league average OPS seems to vary quite a bit. Currently, the league average OPS is 724, just for our listeners. So to put that in comparison, where Christian's at, where Luis is at, um, and others, that's, you know, league average is 724 this year. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's solid to know. That that was news to me as well. So that's that's a good tidbit there. Um, cool. We can get into uh, to Saturday, which was a pretty frustrating game for the Brewers. Um Hauser started, he struggled, uh, went five innings, gave up five hits, five runs, all from them, all of them earned, walked three guys, hit a guy, uh, struck out four. So um, obviously he's still, uh, you know, he was 
he was pretty sharp in his first start back from uh, his stint on the COVID IL. Uh, but maybe he's still getting his feet under him. Just didn't look like his normal self. Um, pretty erratic on Saturday night. Um, beyond that, I mean, Suter gave up a bomb in, uh, in his two innings. But ultimately, like, yeah, I don't know. It didn't really matter. The only inning the Brewers got anything going was the was the fifth inning. They put up a four spot to tie the game, actually. Um, and then, uh, and then you know, Suter comes in. Hauser came out again uh gave up some runs so i don't know do you guys have anything on uh saturday pretty forgettable game to be honest um one of those that you just kind of flush away <laughs> yeah one, one thing i want to mention is about my guy doogie was that he looked so in control through the first time through the order his first three innings were so clean and then the wheels just completely derailed in the fourth inning um so hopefully it was just one of those things where it was just kind of one bad inning um, and his next start um, this weekend, um, he rebounds against St. Louis. Yeah, and I have faith that he will. I mean, you can pretty much count on him to get uh, the most ground balls in baseball percentage-wise. Um, so no reason that he shouldn't bounce back. Um, it just got frustrating watching on Saturday when he was walking and hitting guys. It's like that – you just know that's not typically how he rolls and – Unfortunately, he just got in the groove where he, he lost his release point and wasn't able to repeat success in the fourth and fifth innings there. Yeah, especially with the Twins lineup. I'm, I mean, I know they're not – record-wise, they're not very good, but their uh, offense is in the top half. So, yeah. just can't you just can't beat yourself. I mean, you just can't do it. You can't hit guys and you can't walk guys. Right, right. And I think he'll bounce back. Um Cool. Yeah, Friday was more of the same. Uh, Brewers bats were quiet for, for a couple days this week. Um, that's always going to happen. So, uh, personally, I didn't get to watch this. I was watching my brother at Port Washington, Pewaukee Pirates football represent. Um, but, I don't know, do you guys have anything on this? And Lauer's stat line looks decent, but I think he kind of labored through those four and two-thirds, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, bullpen with Cousins, Strickland, and Daniel Norris. Um, through three and a third scoreless innings, uh, just couldn't get the bats rolling. Five hit shutout for the Twins against us. So, uh, you guys have anything from uh, from Friday's game? And another one of those that I can, can just kind of toss away and say that's baseball. <laughs> yeah, I mean Lauer. I mean his stat line is way better than what it appeared to be watching the game. Um, I mean he really did labor in those first like two to three innings. Um, it could have been a lot worse. That's for sure. I know he got a couple of clutch strikeouts, um, some foul outs, but yeah, very forgettable game from offensively at least. Do you guys think Lauer has a spot on the postseason roster? I would take Lauer over Anderson. I would do that. I would also take Lauer over Daniel Norris at this point. Not that there's the same role at all. Right. But I could see like, I don't know. I, I just try to – when I think of those postseason roster decisions, you just think, like, do you see a scenario in which having Eric Lauer on the roster will matter? <laughs> well, if they view it where they need, for some reason, one of the four guys can't get out of, you know, the third inning, I see Lauer being a swingman there. So maybe – because he's done that before. Because there's no way we take five starting pitchers, right? We go to a four-man rotation in the playoffs. There's there's just no way that we go five, right? Yeah, Ashby to the bullpen. I think you still give – I think you still give Lauer uh, – or not Lauer, excuse me. 
I think you give Hauser a start. And um, as always, that Craig Council has proved he'll get a quick hook no matter what, whether he's dealing or not. So um, that seems like a classic uh, Hauser-Ashby stack in that game. Yeah, either Hauser-Lauer or Hauser-Ashby, because I could see them moving Ashby to the like sixth inning too. He could be like a fifth, sixth inning guy too, right? To bridge it to, it seems like Boxberger, Williams, and Hayter have locked down the seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yeah, well, and I just had this tidbit up. This was from uh, Salmon. Uh, but since August 1st, so this is a full month of Boxberger um, and Hayter and Williams. Um, they've thrown 33 and two third innings with a 0.27 ERA. Uh, only giving up six walks, 19 hits, but they have struck out 64 batters in those 33 innings. Um, I mean, that's about as shut down of a seven, eight, nine as, uh, as you'll ever see over a course of a full month of baseball. Yeah. Those boys are ready. And like, there's, there's teams like the Watt, the White Sox, like that. Sure. They have like Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell. But you, you look up on, like, random nights over the last three weeks since the trade deadline, and you're like, oh, Hendricks did this. Like, he gave up three runs and blew a save. Oh, Kimbrell's blown, like, three saves or, like, got blown up three different times. And it's like, okay, like, Devin Williams has, has fucking figured it out. Brad Boxberger has been consistent the entire summer, and Josh Hader is the best closer in baseball. So it's like – yeah, they have the star power, but I'll go ahead and take our bullpen over anyone's seven, eight, nine right now. Yeah, and statistically, we have the data to to prove that. Um, I would love to know what Devin Williams' ERA and FIP would be if you take out the first first month of this year. I didn't should I should have ran that before our podcast, but just to see what May through August is for Devin Williams, he's got to have a sub one ERA after April. Yeah, he's been he is. <laughs> He's been really good. I'm sure you could do a quick fan graph search on that. Like, yeah, like you said, take the first couple of weeks of the season away. And he's, he's back to himself that one rookie of the year last year. Um, that's for sure. He's awesome. Airbenders on point right now. Uh, cool. Well, we can get into the, uh, the red series, I suppose. Um, and if you notice, yeah, the Brewers, uh, one, they dropped their first series in a long time this week. Um, they also lost three in a row after winning the first two uh, against Cincinnati. All in all, good Cincinnati series. Um, you kind of expected this, the the getaway day. I mean, it was always a tough matchup with Sonny Gray against Brett Anderson. And Sonny Gray was awesome, man. He he was on uh, Pitching Ninja. His two seamers were running like 10 inches, throwing like 95, um, threw the ball well. Um, so we'll hand it to Sonny Gray that day. Brett Anderson was Brett Anderson. Uh the most Brett Anderson line you can think of. Uh, I I uh, told myself earlier in the year that we were not going to chirp Brett Anderson anymore. I will not chirp him. Uh, but him getting hurt in the fifth inning while giving up three runs over four innings and only striking out two or three and, um, you know, pulling his whatever it was, a hamstring or uh, whenever he has to leave the mound, you can pretty much bank on an injury happening. For Brett. Him getting hurt, fielding a routine ground ball. And he looks so goofy, and this isn't me chirping him, it's just facts. Uh, he looks so <laughs> Never terrible. Whenever he has to, whenever he leaves the mound, really. 
just so unathletic, like the way he trots around the diamond. <laughs> Over under six noises he makes while getting out of the bed in morning in the morning. Over. <laughs> Over. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Trevor Plouffe said when they were in Milwaukee, they squashed their beef because uh, they had like this pitcher versus hitter uh, beef on Twitter. And uh, apparently Brett Anderson told Plouffe that the only athletic trait that he has um, is in his left arm. Everything else, he's uh, below average human. <laughs> Which could be more Yeah, very accurate. Um. Yeah, I got, I got not a whole lot on this one. I mean, Luis, he hit a home run. Um, so there's one point where he hit this home run on Thursday. The Brewers didn't even homer until Sunday when he went yard again, hitting his 18th homer. Um, quite day all around. Sonny Gray was electric. That's pretty much my takeaway from, uh, from this game. You guys got anything on this one? It was a pretty forgettable day game, to be honest. The only thing I want to mention, because I think Votto actually mentioned it after this game. Um, was Joey Votto said that this was the best rotation top to bottom that he's ever faced. And you guys got to remember, and and our followers got to remember, Joey Votto's been in the league now for, what, 18 years, 17 years? So he faced that 2011 Phillies rotation that arguably is the best rotation ever. Um, You know, he's faced some of those good Cardinal rotations. And for Joey Votto, uh, just an ultimate pros pro, um, to say that this Brewers rotation is the best rotation he's ever faced in his life is saying a lot. I guess I would say that too after I went one for 14. <laughs> but I completely agree. Yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty funny statement. Like, I don't know, this this tweet gained a lot of traction in Brewers Twitter. I even gave in and had to chirp the kid or the guy that tweeted it. Uh, but there's a, there's a guy, a talking head on Red's Twitter that – basically called the Brewers mediocre after we beat them the second time in that series. Like we're catching all the breaks and that's how an average team like is one of the best teams in baseball. And it's like, dude, I don't think that's how that, how that really works to be honest. And then like, you know, just to say that, and this is what I tweeted essentially is like, we don't have Fernando Tatis Jr. We don't have Ronald Acuna. We don't have Juan Soto. Uh, but there's a lot of very good baseball players on the Brewers. Combine that with the elite pitching, the elite bullpen, um, and that's how you have a boat race. So um, I guess he can he can cry his way to a, a wild card game in which they probably get torched in, in that game. So fuck that guy. Even though we're pull, even though we're pulling for them to then just get fucked up against us in the second round. So <laughs> don't throw rocks in a glass house. Right. It's such a weird take. Like, you just faced Brandon Woodruff. He just shoved against you. Like, the Brewers won a sound, very well-played game on each end and won four to one. And your your take is that the Brewers are mediocre and, like, we would have won if our bullpen wasn't trash. And it's like, dude, that's, like, it's a big part of a baseball team is having a solid, competent bullpen. And the, the Reds just don't have one. So, I don't know. It was just – it was weird timing for a, a tweet like that, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like all of Brewers Twitter went at him. Like, he had, like, 30 tweets from, like, the normal people who tweet about the Brewers. No we're responses. To, uh, we're itching to have some, like, meaningful, like, games. Like, the Cubs aren't giving it to us. The Cardinals, the Reds, like, they're trying to spice things up. But we're just, like, we're ready to bite, dude. We're ready to attack these guys. <laughs> That's going to happen to the Dodgers for sure. I mean, it will not be pretty in the Twittersphere. 
I remember in 2018, I got in a fight with an old lady on Twitter. <laughs> I, I told her that her dog was ugly, and she got really pissed. <laughs> I that tonight and retweet. I got that was like one of my most like interacted with tweets. I was like, "Hey, Mary, your dog is ugly." That's simple. She was chirping. I think she was chirping Ryan Braun. Like the the Brewers had just beat the Dodgers in the game, and like. She was saying that the Brewers were cheaters or something, something along those lines. Like for starters, don't don't ever chirp Ryan Brown like that ever. <laughs> I will I will for sure get suspended. My Twitter account will be suspended if we play the Dodgers, no matter what, win or lose, I'll be suspended. Yeah, unfortunately, like with the results this last week, like Wheeler is completely like not. He can't win the Cy Young. He was getting banged around today. He walked a bunch of guys. Um, gave up a handful of runs to the Phillies or to, excuse me, to the nationals. Uh, but Corbin, um, and that, that can kind of lead us into this next uh, discussion of the game on, uh, on twos. Oh, I skipped a game. So we won't get into that yet. Um, with that being said, we will take a momentarily break and be back in a second. All right, friends, we're back. My apologies, terrible transition on my end. Um, for those that don't know, we just kind of do this via Zoom, um, and we we have to start stop. Um, typically, we do pretty well transitioning, but that was that was rough on my end. So my apologies. Sorry, it's getting late. The Brewers are about to start. I'm hyped up. Please forgive. Uh, but uh, Wednesday night, the Brewers win this one four one. Man, um, I was in attendance. It was a great pitchers duel between uh, Brandon Woodruff and Luis Castillo. Uh, Woody, man, this was about as sharp as he looked in uh, in a little bit. He had a, a, you know, he left the game early against the Cubs. Had a meh outing the against the Cardinals. Um, this was this was elite Brandon Woodruff here. Uh, so he tossed six innings, only gave up four hits, and struck out ten um, while walking zero. He was electric. Um, it was awesome to see in person, throwing ninety nine. Uh, painting corners and really the only time he was ever in trouble was the top of the first. Um, so Avisail Garcia had an unbelievable game. Um, not only did he have an RBI double, uh, he had a, a great night defensively. Um, he robbed a home run and then he had a, a great throw to second. Um, the guy was trying to get a double. Uh, he had like a reverse pivot, just laser throw to second base to get a guy out there. Um, so all around great game from Avi, uh, Brewers went box D will, and then actually cousins, um, got the save. So all around great game. You guys have anything on, uh, on Wednesday's game here? It was good to see Woody get Woody get back on track. Yeah. I thought it was funny because people were panicking that, you know, did Woodruff lose it in the second half? And, uh, this was just daddy saying it's still his rotation. Um, that start was just, you know, Ace being ace, uh, getting prepped and ready to go for his playoff run when you know he's going to dominate. So, yeah, he looked fucking locked in, no emotion really. Love to see that. Yeah, and of course, like Castillo, he ran into some trouble, um, and then Hamir Garrett in his uh, six point three seven ERA came in. He walked a couple guys. Uh, gave up a couple runs, an earned run. Um, so, yeah, that uh, that Reds bullpen in what should have been, like, a, a really fun game all the way down to the wire just kind of imploded by just playing solid, sound baseball, situational hitting. Um, you know, 
we were three for eight with runners in scoring position. Um, so they took advantage of their chances there. All around, uh, pretty good baseball game on Wednesday night. Um, and then Tuesday, Tuesday was a fun one. Uh, Corbin Burns started this one. Um, he wasn't exactly sharp in this one. Um, his line goes as six innings pitched, four earned runs. Um, so he did get through six, but there was a lot of traffic all night long. Gave up seven hits, three walks. Um, you could just kind of tell from the get-go he didn't have his A-plus stuff. Uh, but the Brewers battled back in this one. I think they were down four to one um, and score, score four runs in the seventh um, when Rally Giannis came about. Um, so that was, a, that was a really fun night for the Brewers. Um, for those that didn't see this game or follow along that night, the offense had been doing absolutely nothing. And sure enough, they go up to the owner's box. Giannis is hanging out with his, with his kid, Liam. They're having a great old time with his brother in there. Um, and the crowd goes nuts. And all of a sudden, the Brewers start hitting. Colton Wong, Homer, um, Adamas doubles, like on base, Jace getting on base because that's all he does. Uh, and the Brewers came all the way back to win this one. So uh, rally Giannis is a thing. Um, hopefully we see him at bigger games, some playoff games, World Series games. Um, it was a pretty cool night in that regard. So you guys got anything on uh, – on Tuesday's game? Do we lose boss? <laughs> no, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even turn my uh, video on for some reason. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with this team, man. Um, just one guy gets it going, um, kind of jumpstart. It's on base, Jace coming in late in the game. Um, Colton's a spark plug on the top of the, at the top of the order and anybody can hit balls out too. So just a dangerous team, man. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun, uh, last month and a half, two months here. Yeah. Colton's uh, ultimate pros pro. And I just wonder how much St. Louis wishes they didn't get rid of him. Cause you kind of see St. Louis fighting for their kind of wild card life at this point. You wonder how much better they would be with a, a player like Colton Wong in that lineup. Speaking of which, Reds have already lost today to the Cardinals, uh, three to one. So the division lead as it stands right now is nine games. Uh, if we win tonight, nine and a half. Um, so it just feels like St. Louis would be in a much better spot with Colton Wong, but I'm glad they're not because he is about to get a world series ring in Milwaukee. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was all about, it was just a, it was a really cool night with just seeing Giannis in the crowd, man. And, like him getting into a baseball game where, you know, six years ago he had zero idea what baseball was or is. And now he's an owner of a team in Milwaukee in which, you know, less than a year ago, we were unsure if he was even going to be a Milwaukee buck beyond this year. Um, so all things pointing up for the city, shout out Giannis, the goat. Cool. Yeah, man, that recaps uh, a three and three week there. Um, you know, solid. I was good to get the last one against the Twins, get a good feeling going into this road trip here, um, in which we play the Giants and the Dodgers. Am I right? We have, we have St. Louis this weekend. It's just we a are, quick four-game road trip. You are correct. We have the Giants and then the Cardinals. Um, so Corbin Burns with Austin today. We have Woody tomorrow. Um, should be another you know another fun week, and this is a really big test. Um, you know, they, and this Rowdy Telez interview, um, 
he was like, he basically said that we're not scared of the Giants, long story short. Like, we're going to go in there and want to prove that we're just as good as these guys um, and that we're not scared to face them in the playoffs. Um, so it should be pretty fun watching watching these guys this week. Absolutely. Looks like uh, Lori Ford was your arch nemesis on October 17th of 2018. <laughs> uh, what was the interaction? Actually, Robert Murray tweeted it was when the Yelich and Machado kind of drama happened. Okay. Um, when they kind of get in, got into it on the on the field, and then she she tweeted at Murray and said, "Hater, Braun. Hmm. By the way, they hugged it out. Manny apologized. No one was hurt. Sorry, you're not hitting Yelich." <laughs> and then you replied with, "Hey, Lori, you have a weird looking dog." <laughs> <laughs> oh man that is hilarious i thought i thought oh yeah she didn't mention braun okay so as manny machado yelly uh said braun was a cheater okay yeah she <laughs> my shit just real quick fucking lori she, i might have to find her and just give her an unrelenting shot if we play the dodgers without even her knowing why she quickly responded to you with i have an adorable dog in all caps do you <laughs> do you ever say any good things as she just said 18 bad things about the fucking brewers what a hoe <laughs> oh man i'm sure she's a nice lady but i i don't like her on twitter Lori. her, her dog is fucking ugly <laughs> it's like a little rat dog if i'm not mistaken right yeah it's like a little white fucking chihuahua looking yeah, could, thing could pump that dog like 37 yards further than jk scott can pump a football that's for sure <laughs> I think Crosby should be the punter. <laughs> and he, yeah, not, we're not a Packers pod, but the fact that he still has a roster spot is beyond me. <clears throat> all right. All right. Let's get back on track. Mitch, you have uh, what do you have for us down on the farm this week? Yeah. So uh, I mentioned it earlier. All uh, right. We talked about him. I don't know if I mentioned the promotion, but Sal Freelick has been promoted to high A um, Appleton. Um, I tweeted about this today, but for those of you that listen to the podcast regularly and in and are located um, in Wisconsin, I highly recommend getting up to Appleton. Um, there's about three weeks left of minor league baseball. Um, Appleton has an outfield, which I would probably consider as to one of the better outfielders or outfields in all of minor league baseball with Joe Gray, Joey Weimer, and now Sal Freelich. Um, so get up there, uh, watch those guys ball. They will be in Brewers uniforms at some point throughout their career. Some probably sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah, it's just doubled down the line. Fantastic. Um, he's so fucking back. Oh my God. Um, fucking go baby. Just the dude. He, yeah, he's back. I apologize. I was one of those guys that was hard on him probably cause he's getting $230 million a year, but this is the Christian that we need just year round. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, get to Appleton, um, and, and kind of in corresponding moves to that, our boy, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. 2.0, Herbert Perez has been promoted to Carolina, uh, an 18 year. So, um, would expect him to just continue to climb. Um, there's just no elite hitter across the board and probably may have the highest ceiling out of all of our prospects. So, um, he'll be fun to watch now that he's starting to um, get out of the instructional league and actually starting to play in the minor league ranks. So um, look forward to watching him. So, Cool, man. Yeah, that's the that's report on the farm. I think uh, I think we'll probably cut her short, a little bit shorter than normal today. Um, got the Brewers game starting here as around the West Coast. 
Um, we'll get a we'll get a full pod in next week, but um, you know the boys are getting healthy. We're getting Peralta back, Willie back, Eddie should be back soon. Um, let's hopefully the hope the Brewers get firing on all cylinders. And uh, with that being said, let's cook. Get your caffeine in. Nobody on the road, nobody on the beach.